Welcome to God's Eternal Purpose Radio Broadcast, brought to you by the Church in Accra as one of the local churches in Ghana. We bring you a life-changing fellowship every Saturday at 8 o'clock to 8.30 a.m. on Sweet Melodies 94.3 FM. And now, today's message. Welcome to today's broadcast. Today, we want to share a concluding word on all the previous messages on the theme, God's Eternal Purpose. Let us start by reading some few verses in the Holy Scriptures. We'll start with Romans chapter 8, verse 28 to 30. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. Because those whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestinated, these he also called. And those whom he called, these he also justified. And those whom he justified, these he also glorified. Let's go on to read Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, Making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. In the same Ephesians chapter 3, verse 11, it says, According to the eternal purpose which he made in Christ Jesus our Lord. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, Open our eyes and give us the revelation concerning your Son. Give us to see who he is and what you have sent him to do. Bless our understanding. Bless our appreciation of your word. And bring us to align ourselves to do it with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear friends, We have learned that God has an eternal purpose. God's eternal purpose is God's determined will and plan formed in eternal past, which is to be carried out in time with man. It concerns his son, Jesus Christ. It is simply that Jesus Christ will have more brothers and that the father may have more sons and many more sons like his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. That these sons will be conformed to the same image as his son, and that Jesus will go on from being the only begotten son of God to become the firstborn son among many sons, his brothers. The only way to achieve this purpose and goal of God is that the many sons of men will also possess the same eternal life and divine nature as Jesus Christ. And so God created men as receivers. John 1.12 tells us that, but as many as received him. So man is a receiver. This receiver is created in the divine image and likeness so that he is just the right vessel to be able to receive and contain 
the Son of God, who is the eternal life. God sent his Son to us so that we may receive this eternal life. We are first vessels of mercy because of our need for redemption. And secondly, we are vessels of glory because of God's eternal purpose of glory. The eternal divine life is the highest life in the entire universe, being God's very life. It is very rich with the true riches, full of all the divine attributes and human virtues, just as we read of in the Gospels, in the record of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ when he lived on this earth. His humanity was full of the virtues of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control. And these were manifested during his living among men. His divine attributes included his holiness, his righteousness, his grace, his glory, his power, his wisdom, his greatness, his mercy, his love, and light. These examples illustrate the riches of the life of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God wants to duplicate in us. These are the true riches that we are brought into this world to acquire during our lifetime. Today, this divine eternal life is available to us. It demands our response. What shall we do? Initially, we must receive him this person who is the life. But more than that, we must go on to be filled with him, filled to the brim, saturated with him, and be enriched in every way in our being with this life. One may ask, how much do we need of him? Just think of what can fill your small heart. Nothing in this world can fill your small heart. Your heart is an eternal, dimensionless space created by God to contain only Him in His fullness. The world with all its wealth can never fill your small heart. Why did Solomon try all this world and in the end declare that all is vanity, empty, fleeting, and decaying, and transit, transient, and perishing? He tried wealth. He tried women, he tried wine, he tried vices, he, trust, he tried goodness, joys and comforts, youth, beauty, riches, wisdom, knowledge, pleasure, name it. His conclusion at the end is that all that is in this world and under this sun of ours, whatever is worldly, not heavenly, is the greatest vanity. All is vanity, he says. It's all a chasing after the wind. Dear friend, you were made for the reality of realities. Reality is a person. It is Jesus Christ. He must fail you. He is the true life with the true riches. Your heart's very need is the Son of God. He is reality. He is the eternal life. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, is the reality you have been looking for. Christ exceeds your desire. Listen to Ephesians 3.15. He says that, that you may know 
what is the breadth and length and depth and height, that you might be filled unto all fullness of God. Christ is the only one to fill your heart to the full. He's the glorious Christ. Once you receive this glorious Christ, never the rest will you desire. Only Christ defies all vanity. You will escape vanity and obtain reality. Only reality, because of his overwhelming riches, brings glory. Reality has love. Reality has life. Reality has light. Is the true answer to the real poverty, ignorance, and death found among mankind. Yes, it is God himself. In John chapter 4 verse 5, Jesus told the woman, if you knew the gift of God, Jesus is the wonderful gift of God. How shall we respond to this wonderful gift of God that God has given to us in John 3.16? We, the receivers, must open our mouth and receive him and welcome him in. We must first realize our need for him. Right in the Bible from Genesis 4.26, Enoch was among the first to realize his frailty and his need. Realize that you need God. Realize that you can't do it by yourself. Men began to call out to God for help. You need to begin to call out to God to receive him. His person is your need, not things. In Romans 10 verse 12 to 13, it says that he's rich unto all those that call upon him. In 1 Psalm 145 verse 18, he says, he's near to all those who call upon him. You will be enriched by him. It is in the riches of his life that will bring us to glory. Like Hebrews 2.10 says, he's leading many sons to glory. All the problems of this world are due to the human life running out of its own riches. Everyone's wine, as described in John chapter 2, standing for the riches of his own human life, is running out must ask Jesus into our lives daily and continually for our lives. In Psalm 42, verse 1, it says, As a deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. We must not only call out to God, we must pant out for him. He's the real satisfaction of our inner being. We must thirst after God. Have you read the Beatitudes? Have you read Matthew 5? It says, Blessed are those who thirst after God. If you thirst, you are blessed. If you hunger for God, you are blessed. God tells us to seek Him. He's teaching us to drink of Him. He calls us to drink of Him. He calls us to eat of Him as the living bread. Drink of Him as the living water. To breathe him in as the Holy Spirit. God says you are blessed if you realize that you don't have enough of him and recognize that you are poor regarding possessing the riches of his life, the true riches. Don't be like the rich fool who was not rich towards God. God wants you to seek him. He will give you the kingdom. 
He will give you the kingdom. The true blessings are spiritual. Let us seek after this. Let us read Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 to 4. And the Lord went up to the mountain, and his disciples came to him. And he said unto them, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of the heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit earth. Have you heard this before? Yes, you have. Did you pay attention to it? It's a blessing. The Lord is speaking to the disciples, to Christians. By this, we see that salvation is not the end. He's talking to disciples. He's not talking to the crowd. This is your first discipleship class. Did you know that? Your first discipleship class says you must be poor. You must mourn. You must be meek. You must be hungry. You must be thirsty. You must be merciful. The Lord himself led this way. He led a life that is self-emptying. A lifestyle that is self-humbling. Lowly, never self-exalting. A lifestyle towards God where he wanted to be filled. He humbled himself. He took the form of a slave. He laid aside his deity. We are nothing, dear friends. We have nothing. We can do nothing. This is what it means to be poor in spirit. From today, may we be this way. May we confess this. I am nothing. I have nothing. I can do nothing. I know nothing. If you do this, you will be blessed. God will give you the kingdom. Oh, we need God badly. We need him to fill our vessels to the full. How do we respond to God's eternal purpose? Get filled. We need him badly. More than we realize it in order to fulfill his purpose. That is why he even teaches us how as vessels we must receive him. He taught us, ask, seek, knock, eat, drink, breathe. Be poor in spirit. Receive, believe, get filled with the spirit. Be filled unto fullness. Let me come into you. Let me make my home into you. Open the door of your heart. Let me come in. Any way that God can get into us. May we all pray, O oh Lord, help us to open our vessels for you to fill. We must go on not only to be filled. But we must make way for him to fill us. John the Baptist told us the secret. He said, he must increase and I must decrease. This is God's plan. God must increase and we must decrease. Space must be made in our lives and in our hearts, in our time and in our occupation for God to carry out his eternal purpose. Everything in us must decrease. And Christ must increase. What should be our, our response to the truth of God's eternal purpose? To Christ's person and his work in carrying out God's eternal purpose? We must use the gift of our will. All human beings are blessed with the gift of God's free will and choice. 
John 3 says, Whosoever will believe will have eternal life. John 6.37 says, Whosoever will come to me, I will not cast out. Revelation 22.17 says, Whosoever thirsts, let him take the water of life freely. Whoever wants to drink, come. God has given you a free will. Whosoever will, God's free gift of eternal life and his eternal purpose is announced to all of us. Our God-created human vessel has a free will also. A free will. God created us with a free will, a will with the freedom and liberty to choose. The best use of our greatest gift of choice, of free will, is to exercise it to choose to do God's will. When Jesus came, he said, Lo, I come to do thy will. In his early days, he chose to be occupied with the Father's business. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, he also said, Not my will, but thine be done. In Hebrews 10, 7 and 9, he says, I come to do thy will. It is written of me, I come to do thy will. Dear friend, the highest use of your will and freedom is to use it, to choose to decide to do God's will. Your will is your gift for cooperating with God. You must care to carry out the purpose of God. God's will is the glory of God and the glory of the children of God. And this comes about by your opening up of your vessel of mercy and glory, to be filled with a life of glory. We learn that we can be filled by the Spirit and we can be filled by the Word of God. By these, the eternal life fills us to the full, with Jesus Christ. God's will demands a response from our will. Since He wants to fill us, we must open our mouth and our heart and our being to believe him, to receive him, and to be filled with him at all times. We must invite him. We must create more available space for him to fill us. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Spirit. To make his home in our hearts. Ephesians 3.17. To come in to dine with us. Revelation 3.20. To dwell in us richly through his word. Colossians 3.16 The Lord, he must increase in us. And we, including the self, sin, Satan, the world, the old creation, must decrease. As he lives in us, he will form his personality in us. Galatians 4.19 says, I travail again in birth until Christ be formed in you. Christ must not only be received, but he must be formed in his personality in us. He must transform us into his image inwardly, and then conform us to have his likeness, be like him. One day, he will transfigure our bodies, and outwardly we will look like him when he comes back. And the glory of his life will be manifested for all to see, and they will give praise to God for the glory of his grace. Now you must move on to receive him, drink him into your vessel. Let him fill you. We must move on from John chapter 4, where we drink him in as a living water to quench our thirst. We must move to John chapter 7, 
where this water becomes a spring of living water, bringing up as rivers of the Spirit. He has come into us. Now he must flow out as the Spirit with many living waters. Water, many thirsty grounds. In John 4, you thirst and you are satisfied. It's a drink, a cup of water. It's about you. It's about man. It's about your need. But in John 7, it's about rivers. It's about God's purpose and God's glory. Today, rivers are needed to water the earth. All the gardens for God. Man is a garden for God. Everywhere is a garden for God. God is working in the garden. Bring forth the house of God, the kingdom, the glory of God. We must become channels of big rivers. God's house and God's purpose. The biblical revelations opens with a picture and closes with a picture. These two pictures will help us understand how we can cooperate with God. The first picture is in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. It shows a clay created man in the image and likeness of God, standing in a garden with a flowing river and a tree of life, and materials of precious stones in the river, gold, onyx, and pearl. In the second picture, in Revelations 21 and 22, we have created, fallen, and redeemed, regenerated, transformed, and glorified man, full of the glory of God. You know, God looks like Jasper, and Jasper is also one of the colors of man. Man, the Jasper, in expression, like God. This time, we have God in a city, the new Jerusalem. All the stones are now joined together now into one corporate structure, a building, a city called the new Jerusalem. The water, the river of water of life continues to flow. The tree continues to grow and bears fruit for man and God's enjoyment. A garden is a place of life with plants growing. Life grows. A city is a kingdom structure with material built into a building. The materials are built together. And so what has happened between Genesis 1 and 2 of creation and Revelation 21 and 22 of glory? It is redemption and salvation with eternal life availability and building of God's dwelling place full of glory. Man. What is happening today in time? There is building going on. God is building. Time is for building. God's habitation with man. God is building. Your lifetime is for building. God is building eternal habitation with man. And this is what Jesus said he would do. I will build my church. Brothers and sisters, God is building during this age. If you stand on God's side to build his house, you're on the right side of God's work today, and you surely will be rewarded. Saul of Tarsus was originally unknowingly fighting against God's building. But later on, he was corrected, and he joined him to build God's house, the body of Christ, 
the bride, the church, the kingdom of God for God's glory. He said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God made to grow. He said, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundations of the building. Let each one take care how he builds. We must flow a lot of water from our being to build God's house today. Psalm 46 verse 4 says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. God is calling you to participate in flowing out rivers to build God's city, the coming Jerusalem. The river of God's life is flowing abundantly to change lives, to make people like God's firstborn son, Jesus Christ, bringing them all into glory. Dear friend, now you know God's eternal purpose. It is his predetermined will and plan to have many children, many sons, like the firstborn son. They'll be conformed to his image. They will look like him. They'll be brought into glory. God will become the father of many sons. They will become his kingdom. They will become the bride of Christ. They will become the body of Christ. They will become his dwelling place. Next week, God willing, we will hold a panel discussion to answer the questions and clarify the issues which our listeners may have at the same time. We welcome you to send in your questions to help us hold this session in a meaningful and beneficial way. Thank you very much for your interest in these theories we have shared over the last few weeks regarding God's eternal purpose. We trust you have been truly blessed. Now, friend, have you received the Lord Jesus into your vessel? Jesus says, Him who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Use your free will. Come to Jesus. You can come to him now. Let us pray. Say after me, Lord Jesus, I come to you. Lord Jesus, thank you, you will not cast me out. Lord Jesus, I receive you. Receive me. Cleanse me from all my sins with your precious blood. I receive you. Give me eternal life for your glory. I believe in you. I thank you. I love you too. Thank you, Father, for giving me Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear friend, thank you for praying this with me. God has heard you. God has answered you. God has not cast you out. Rejoice and give thanks. Now, let me pray for everybody. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, to us. We receive him. Thank you for making us vessels. We pray for all those especially who have prayed during this broadcast. Receive them. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Grant them assurance of salvation. Fill them and saturate them to overflowing for your glory's sake. Give them a hunger, a thirst, a seeking. And fill them. Saturate them. And flow out of them rivers of living water. Use it to build your eternal habitation. Use it to produce your body. Use it to produce the bride for your glory. We thank you for this series. In Jesus' name, amen. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise for all the blessing we have received. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to 
God's Eternal Purpose Radio Broadcast. My name is Brother Andy Ade Aqua. Blessings. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Eternal Purpose Radio Broadcast, brought to you by the Church in Accra as one of the local churches in Ghana. Fellowship with the Church in Accra by joining our virtual Bible study meeting links and fellowships on Sundays, 9.30 to 12 o'clock p.m., Wednesdays at 6.30 to 8 o'clock p.m., and Fridays, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. You may contact us for further fellowship and joining links by calling us on 0200-117-222 or 0274-433-100 or 0246-962607. The numbers again are 0200 222 or 0274-433-100 or 0246-962607. You can send any questions by WhatsApping us on the same numbers. Check us up on the various social media platforms including podcasts by searching God's Eternal Purpose Broadcast. The local churches, living for Christ and the church till his kingdom come.